This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson, and I'm very happy to welcome to today's show, Denitris Charlemagne. Welcome, Dee, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Dee Charlemagne is co-founder of Avec, a line of premium, better-for-you mixers made in Brooklyn. Named after the French word for with, Avec is changing what you mix with your spirit. Launched in 2020, Avec is rethinking their category, creating all-natural, real mixers that are low in sugar and calories, and pairing it with a brand that speaks to the diverse and progressive spirit of today. A New York City native, Dee was formerly an advertising executive with a blend of experiences spanning traditional marketing, digital media, branded content, and publishing. Dee holds an MBA from Columbia Business School and a bachelor's from Harvard University. Dee, would you mind sharing with our listeners a bit about your entrepreneurial journey, which you describe as non-traditional? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. But yeah, my journey to entrepreneurship uh, was not straightforward. I was not one of those people who, uh, you know, were like, I was born to do this and I'm definitely going to do it right after graduation um, and kind of set up, you know, to like go after the drinks business and become a drinks entrepreneur. I started my career in advertising, actually. So I did about a decade at media agencies and also at publishing companies like Vice sort of caught the entrepreneurial bug and startup experience there when I was working for Vice in the UK. Came back to the States, was working for really big brands like Starbucks and Heineken and even BlackRock, the financial company, was starting a media company at the time with an agency called Joan, which is named after all the badass women named Joan, Joan Jett, Joan Titty, and Joan <laughs> Arbitrating. And the media company was going to be called Damn Joan, which was going to be you know part of the agency and really kind of shake up the media world. And then it was at the same time that sort of BuzzFeed uh, went down in valuation. Mike.com at the time went down in valuation. Vice was going through a restructuring. So media really was not not the place to be. And it was at that point that I decided to go to business school and really figure it out. Um, I say business school is very much like an expensive confidence boost, but learn finance, learn ops. I just felt like I was in this marketing channel. And it was there where I met Alex, my co-founder, who came over with the idea for Vec from the UK. and really it was like a year of trying to figure out if i could even be an entrepreneur which we can get into but that's sort of the the really brief story and tell us a little bit about where your business is today and where you're with in terms of pre-revenue yes we launched in july 2020 in our first year we did you know about half a million dollars and are now looking to grow we just finished a pre-seed round of 1.2 million and are moving our business really from since we launched in july 2020 really our strategy was never to be an online business. We were actually looking to the more the likes of Red Bulls of the world being more experiential at festivals, at smaller parties. And then COVID happened, so we launched online. So really the, the focus for this year is how do we grow offline as well, being more present in people's lives. As you said, Avec means kind of with in French, and we're rethinking what you mix with your alcohol, making that you know with real ingredients and all natural ingredients, but also with 80 to 90% less sugar and really interesting flavors, kind of replacing the tonic water cranberry juice 
club soda options that haven't really changed in decades. So mm. we're trying to figure out how to grow and really creating a new space for a category that has been super sleepy, right? Premium spirits have blown up with like the Casamigos and the Tito's and even the non-alcoholic world has some pretty exciting new players, but Mixers has just sort of been this really sleepy business that we're trying to shake mm -hmm. up. For sure. Your traditional Ivy League schooling has given you the stellar qualifications that you would need to work in a traditional role and job, but you're not in a traditional role as an entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about why this is. I, like I said, spent so much of my early career, I would say I, I never have done the super traditional thing. So I grew up in the Bronx originally, child of parents that are immigrants from the West Indies, so Jamaica and St. Lucia, really was a New York City kid up until uh, ninth grade where I was forced kind of to go to boarding school. And I went to boarding school in Exeter, New Hampshire to add to another kind of like elite institution, Exeter, Phillips Exeter Academy, Academy, which is this elite boarding school, then went to Harvard, uh, where most of my friends were graduating into, you know, I banking or consulting. And I really just wanted a job. My first qualification actually was that I didn't have to wear a suit. And at the time you have to, so that knocked that out in the first place. But really, <laughs> I had always felt like I wanted to be part of culture, right? I was a psych major um, when I was an undergrad studying whether infants had any sort of biases, whether that was racist, sexist, et cetera. And really had always felt like I was this kid from the Bronx in these elite institutions and trying to bridge the gap between those two worlds. So found advertising really interesting because it was at that intersection of like creativity and business and being able to adapt in all these different environments and understand the psychology of them um, was a really interesting space to pair that knowledge with like, you know, how to sell certain things, how to talk about certain things, but how to create culture. Like brands really create a lot of what we see as beautiful, what we see as successful, the standards of the world. And so that's how I sort of got into advertising, which was not traditional at the time. And then when it came to entrepreneurship, I over the course of my, you know, time working for other people, saw, you know, wealth being created by people who own businesses really, and felt, you know, as a black woman, sort of that generational gap in wealth that I saw going to these institutions was only ever going to be closed if I started my own business. So it was a really practical kind of way of approaching entrepreneurship. But, you know, I felt like I was able to take the risk because I had gone, because I do have this backup of institutions, like you said, like I can be in a, a corporate role, but I knew that I would kind of like punch myself at the end of life if I had never taken the risk to try to be an entrepreneur and try to close the gap and try to do something on my own. Because I just think mm -hmm. I have a unique kind of understanding of the world. As a kind of a sidebar issue, I, I think we also talked about that um, you don't necessarily like to be managed and that you yeah. <laughs> and that you don't really like titles. And I wondered what that has to do with, if anything, how that impacts you being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in that conversation, we were joking, but a lot of my managers who who love me and I, who I work well with are just like, you're really hard to manage. You don't want to be in a box in any way. Um, and I think, you know, upon reflection that comes from being in all these different environments, like I was never allowed to really just check one box. I had to do so, you know, I had to adapt. Um, and I think that's part of entrepreneurship, right? Like you have to wear so many different hats. You have to be so many different people to different kinds of people. You have to put on a certain face to your employees while also being real. So I just think it's a dance and I like, I kind of find joy in defining your own boundaries. Like I'm not one who is like, oh, I have to go into iBanking because that's what people are doing after college or like I have to do this certain thing. Like even going to boarding school, which feels traditional in some cultures was definitely like in my family, like what is going on? Like girls do not leave the nest. 
until they're close to marriage. So I've just always felt like a little bit of this like rebellious energy in my body that I guess had to be addressed at some point with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So you learned to live with not fitting in. In fact, you made it okay. Yeah. And, and cool. I think it's, it's also kind of cool not to fit in. Okay. And what is cool about it? I just think it, you ask different kinds of questions. Like I always find the people that I'm most attracted to are the people who can see multiple sides of the same coin or who are able to challenge. It makes life more interesting when you're able to challenge your own core beliefs, right? Like you're not so in a box where you're like, I can't change my opinion. Like, I feel like all my opinions can always be challenged and I'm open to it and I celebrate that. Versus I think if you're like, I'm this kind of person or this is my title, thus I do X, Y, and Z, it can just get very limiting, right? In a way that feels like restrictive rather than this like cool kind of like exploration and having the optionality to morph and evolve. So what, if anything, does that have to do with finding it hard sometimes to ask for help? I find it really hard to ask for help. I think we talked about this as well, just because I have had to be so independent and I've had to figure out these environments, quite frankly, just on my own. You know, my parents were not exposed to boarding school. They knew that it was kind of the right choice for me at the time. I didn't want to go to boarding school and eventually loved it, but I had to find my way and navigate that space on my own, right? People like this seems like a really silly example, but it's how I describe it. It's like, I didn't know what NSYNC was at a time where NSYNC was huge. And so I had mm -hmm. to figure that out on my own. No one was telling me exactly what to do as I navigated these environments. But I find it, I feel like I find it hard to ask for help because it, it's kind of admitting either A, I can't figure it out myself. B, it feels like, you know, maybe someone doesn't exactly know. Um, you know, part of boundaries is that they do give you a little bit of rules, right? Like, prescribe mm -hmm. rules. And it's like, if you want to create your own rules, you do kind of have to figure that out. But it's something that I'm trying to get better at is figuring out how to ask for help in the first place. There must have been some risk to not go corporate. Do you ever fear that your business will fail? Oh, every day. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know, I think fear kind of drives me in a weird way. I don't know why. Um, I wish it wasn't the case, but I do think being fearful of failure is very real when you go to these kinds of institutions and you see success all around you. I do think, you know, the most helpful thing someone has said to me was, you know, a friend's husband who was just like, D, you're in a different game than we are, right? Like, you know, you can come back to the game where you're like middle management, you work your way up, you get a salary, you know, you can come back, you just have to stop kind of like feeling like you're in the same game as us. You're just in a different game, right? You're playing Monopoly, we're playing chess, whatever, however, you want to say it, it's just a different game. There's different rules, there's different milestones, right? And you're in it kind of for like a bigger reward at the end, maybe, or even just the experience. And I think now being kind of like year two of the business, you also kind of figure out a groove as an entrepreneur. Like I feel like the first year you're like, oh my God, what is it? Especially if you've worked in corporate environments like I have, like what exactly is my flow? How am I going to structure my day? How do I think about this? And now I feel like I'm just in the like, okay, this is kind of like the game I'm in. And I just need to be okay with like both sides of the coin, like failure, I guess, quote unquote, you just have to be okay with like suspending your ego, right? Like the only reason to be scared of failure really in this instance, especially because I'm learning so much is that like, it's embarrassing in some ways uh, mm -hmm. to be like, oh, your business failed. And like, as soon as you're like, I'm not going to be embarrassed if that ever happens. And I also am going to try and manifest that it doesn't happen. It, it feels kind of liberating. Does it feel more ambiguous to be an entrepreneur and therefore for the first time sort of scary for you that you don't know what's going to happen? 
or that's a thrill? I mean, I think it's kind of thrilling. I would love to say that it's like ambiguous and scary, but it's also like <laughs> someone who who doesn't like the boxes, right? Like it is a little bit exciting to not have to, I guess it's just like, not to put it in the negative, but it's like not frustrating. Like I feel like in a corporate job, I could feel frustrated because I was like being, you know, lamed basically like these are your boundaries, this is where you need to go. And I'm not, I no longer have that. Um, so I feel like it's exciting in that way. You found out early in your career after university that you didn't want to do branding. What does this have to do with your strong curiosity trait and not wanting to fit into just one box? I think there's a part of me that does like doing branding. I think it's just the re the why and the brand really matters to me. So, you know, the idea for Avec was very, very simple, right? Like replacing kind of the club soda, the cranberry juice, et cetera. And I was just like, having worked on Coke and having worked on Starbucks and all these things, I'm just like, does the world need another drink, right? Like why, like, why does anyone care? Why are you just selling things is what branding essentially can sort of feel like sometimes. But I think on a higher level, like why get in the drinks business is also because you're creating an experience for people and different kinds of people, hopefully to mix. And like, that's kind of why I get up, right? Like the mission of Avec is really like, we believe the world would be better if people drink more together and just do it in a better way. Like the kinds of conversations you can have over a drink with people with alcohol or not, like that moment kind of creates this like honesty. And so I think for branding, it was like not, it was walking away from like the wholly unmission driven branding, right? Like Starbucks in some ways is one of those magical brands that actually creates like connection between people and like the conversation starter while also making, you know, great success for, you know, capitalistic reasons. But mm -hmm. I feel like the why, a lot of brands don't ask like the why behind it. And that was really frustrating to me. And what's so appealing about another experience, a new experience, giving people experiences? How can it not be exciting? I like, I don't know how new experience, <laughs> or not exciting, like, I don't even know how to answer that question. I'm like, how, how can it not be? Like, that is what life is, right? Is an experience, it's one long experience or short, mm -hmm. however way you want to look at it. You seem like a woman who has a number of identities over your lifetime. Does this speak to being open to who you are as you evolve? And if, if so, how are you able to sort of stay fluid and open? Um, I think it's just surrounding yourself with different kinds of people, to be honest. Like I don't have like one single friend group. I have multiple friend groups, all from different kinds of walks of life. So I think just making sure you diversify. I feel like as people get older, they tend to, their worlds, they say tend to get smaller. But I think if you're conscious about not doing that and conscious about wanting to meet new people and experience new things, that will never really happen. Taking challenges seem important to you. Are there days when you think maybe you don't have what it takes? And if so, what do you do on those days? Um, I think it's a question I didn't have an answer for, and I still don't. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I am super hard on myself, I would say. Um, there are many days where I feel that way. I think I'm trying to figure out, you know, outside of the things like I do Kundalini yoga, I do Peloton, outside of like working out, like what is something that just like totally chills me out? And like, maybe I'm coming to terms with the fact that like that something is like still planning things, right? Like still planning mm -hmm. parties and trips. And if that's what relaxes me, it may be different than, you know, plunking in front of the TV or watching a movie, which some people do. Or, you know, for me, it's like really like I do get so much love out of this like new experience, creating kind of like places for people to meet. Like I'm planning like a 
informal reunion for part of my college group because like we never had a virtual reunion people are like do you need more things to do and i'm like i don't know for some reason i find this really relaxing like planning a dinner party or planning a party or planning a trip for people mm -hmm. like so i think that's yeah it feels like work but for me i find it really relaxing to try and figure mm -hmm. out you know how to create that joy mm -hmm. whether it's like a day a moment a, a dinner like i really enjoy the hosting aspect well, and I think there's joy too in the experiences. What what is it going to be like? How is it going to unfold? I mean, I think that's also in the same box, probably. Mm -hmm. Last question. I know you're really close with your family. Do you think your um, growing up helped you become choose to be an entrepreneur? Impacted it? Yeah, I and mean, I think for sure. I mean, I grew up so when i lived in the bronx my family at the time i had each of my parents have you know six direct siblings my mom actually has 20 siblings in total uh so mm -hmm. i come from a huge family and a lot of family was like within a five block radius and so i think working in kind of like a huge semi-chaotic family helps you navigate lots of diff different personalities which i think is core to being an entrepreneur right like you kind of have to again, have these different identities with different kinds of people in your family. But I think the biggest thing for me for entrepreneurship was, again, understanding kind of like how much had been sacrificed in my family. There were, I'm sure, you know, if they weren't like first off the boat, there probably would be more entrepreneurs in my family, but there were sacrifices that had to be made and structures that had to be followed in order to create a next generation that could do something entrepreneurial. So I would say my family has always been like, encouraging of starting new businesses like my family had a you know a kind of like hip-hop music studio growing up so i was slightly exposed to like trying new things and figuring out new businesses i have an uncle who has a construction business so like everyone's always trying something new there is that spirit in my family it's just like being the generation that finally can like actually take that risk because like you said at the start of this conversation i have these degrees that kind of let me land somewhere safe ish right like even mm -hmm. if it's not the dreamiest job I will land somewhere. Thank you so much, Dee, for taking the time to be on with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, if our listeners would like to know a little bit more about you, where should where can they find you on the internet? There's only four of us. So Avec Drinks, which is A-V-E-C Drinks, is our handle on Instagram, as well as our website, avecdrinks.com. And then I'm just Dee Charlemagne. I look at all my LinkedIn. So you can LinkedIn message me there. Great. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.